Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. This might be one of the very few times you hear my voice doing an intro in the next few weeks. Yeah. So enjoy it. It's very rare. This is the Emo Social Club podcast, podcast about music and bands and bands that make music and emo and pop punk. This episode is with Mike Zimmer. The creator, founder, uh, head person of So What Festival down in Texas. Dallas. Dallas, Texas. It's it, it's part of the good Texas. The good <laughs> part of we, Texas. That's how we understand it as our, our northern selves. Uh, yeah, we talked to Mike on uh, an afternoon in... Uh, <laughs> Just the best way possible, you know, just finding an afternoon to fit everything in. And uh, super nice guy. Lots of uh, tech issues, but the episode came out really good. Yeah. Got a lot of insight on the scene, a lot of insight on festivals, a lot of insight on gatekeepers being just Terrible. real nonsense. Asking yeah. everybody what the metaverse and NFTs are because, you know, what's there? We don't understand. He... Sounds like he might be the the person to ask to help throw like a festival in the metaverse. Yeah. Like he's the guy to ask. Would any of us really know what to do with it? Absolutely not. But you know he what? He could get no it done. Idea. Would we know yeah. fully? No. But would he get that, it done? Absolutely. Yes. Ask him because you don't fucking know. And he'll be like, yeah, I can do that. And then he'll probably have to be like, hey, how do I do this <laughs> to help to get help? But uh dude's awesome this is a really good episode so stay tuned to hear it but first if you like this episode if you like any episode if you like the episodes where i'm not the first voice you hear oh on the podcast Brian. uh go ahead and leave a like on any of our socials but especially a review if you have the time and the opportunity Maybe you're on Apple right now. You're just sitting on your Apple iPhone and or iPad, I guess. You could listen yeah, to it whatever on you're listening or your to Mac. It on. You're on an Apple specific product and you can go to the Apple Podcast app and go tick, 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 I like this pod. You could literally just do five stars and I like this pod. Or Both. you don't need to put anything in there actually. You just do a whole ass five stars. You could though say I like this pod. I think that would be a really good little little little, little spawn for you. Uh, and the honest truth is, you can also do that if you're listening to us on Spotify. You're able to do the same thing it over there. Just says so. five stars only, no review. Just do it. Just hit the five stars. Yeah. Then you'll have to just tell us I like this pod, and you can do that on any of our social medias. If you go to at emo social club on Instagram, or you go to at x emo social club x on Twitter or TikTok. You can let us know. I like this pod. All you got to say. It's just that easy. And then if we find one that we like, we'll read it out on there if there's any new ones. Yeah. Uh, you could be the person who we uh, just repeat. Uh, I like this pod. 
that they could just be you. Yeah, it, it could, could just be. be you. Oh, you can also go on Amazon Music because as I Google to see if anybody new has commented on our podcast thing on Apple, first thing that comes up is Amazon Music. So you can also listen to us there, besties. Ask your Alexa to play the Emo Social Club podcast. And then when she goes, how do you feel about this pod? You go, I like this pod. And then she'll leave a review for it. And we should actually try to figure out if there's a way we can make Alexa do that for our podcast. That would be, uh, yeah. we, we, that's can, our own brainstorming. And whoever left the one and two star ratings on here out of 22, you suck. Why? We know who you are. Maybe. You thought you were I don't know. They're old. We know who so you are. So it's when we first started. So they could absolutely be correct. That one's actually fair. I think when we started, we were only a one or two star podcast. It's fair. <laughs> now we are a 4.7 out of five star podcast. According Dude, to Apple. look at us. Guys, we're getting look on up us. there. That's, that's, uh, that's almost as good as my Uber rating, but it's oh. not. What, why is your Uber rating so low, bestie? Honestly, I have no idea. And I'm very concerned that I can't get it to go back up. That's very upsetting. I think it's for because you. I don't talk and I don't I, I do when they talk to me, but I try not to. Guys, what we really need to do is actually just give Brian some pointers on how to up his Uber rating. You can also watch a video version of this <laughs> podcast over on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash emo social club. You can leave a like, you can leave a subscribe, and you can leave a comment. I like this pod. Perfect comment. You can also it's literally the perfect comment. It is. You know what? You can also listen. If you're somebody who really likes to listen to radio, you can download the Odyssey app, search us, and we're the top search on the Odyssey app. And you can also stream us there. We are the number one result if you search emo social club podcast. Yeah, we I just went through on like Google and for one, we're on feedspot.com, updated April 4, 2022. I don't know what this site is. I will have to look more into it. But it says emo music podcast. We are number one on here. Wash up emo is number two. Coming for you, bro. I'm just saying, I you know what? I just think that we're we're great. And I, I think am we're biased. Doing a great job. It would be nice if you could let us know. Uh, <laughs> I would love it if you could let us it's know. It's cool to uh, sometimes have your parents say that it's great, but it's even better when random strangers on the internet say it's great. And random strangers' parents is also nice, yeah, too. Yeah, that'd be chill. Uh, this is coming out tomorrow, so we can promote the, the yeah. gig. If you're in Chicago, we got a couple of nice things coming up for you. Number one, this Wednesday... 420 means nothing. It means nothing to, to us. Lizzie or I. Yeah, we're squares. But we are going to be uh, DJing at Rebel and Rye for our monthly event. We're doing Avril April, and uh, we are playing a bunch of uh, women in bands, bands with women in them, and everything else, too. But, you know, But priority. we're highlighting it, having good yeah, girl power energy. Yeah, a little bit of, little bit of highlight. Uh, so we'll be doing that on Wednesday of this week. If you're listening to this when it comes out and at the end of the month, uh, Lizzie, because I will not be in the country, will be DJing at subterranean at the action adventure after party downstairs. So you don't even got to leave the uh, venue. You literally just walk downstairs, turn left and you're in there. You don't got to worry about finding anywhere else to go. If you're not going to that action adventure show, you got to find a way to go to the action adventure yeah, show. Yeah, because fun fact, if you buy a ticket to the action adventure show, you get in for free 
to the after party. If you do not go to the show, I don't know why you're not doing it. That's a bad choice. But it's also just a small fee and you can go pick that up either online at sub T or at the door if you want to night a show. Yeah. The fee is seeing a fun show. But a fee, yeah. you know. Uh, With homies everywhere. I'm going to go see this good band play music. Oh, no. How that. I don't know. What was that? <laughs> Cut that out. That was. Uh, anyway, this is the long <laughs> intro. I'm going to miss you guys while I'm out of the country. So, uh, you know, that's what we got to do. Uh, so, with for, no, nothing. Nothing nope. else. Nothing Head else empty. to say. Here is our episode with Mike Zimmer of So What Festival. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this afternoon with our friend Mike Zimmer, all the way in Dallas of So What Fest. Welcome, and we're super glad to finally get you on the pod. It's been like a handful of months in the making. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. It's been a lot of uh, crazy things going on. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I've gotten sick like five times this year from like weather changes and allergies, and then, I don't know, whatever. We're good. (laughs) We're on here now. (laughs) You're, uh, You're a busy guy. So we have you on mostly because we're we're going to talk about So What Fest because, like, damn, it's got everybody on it. And <laughs> it's a huge festival. And it's uh, it seems like it's mostly your creation and you're the guy behind all of it. So, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about it and we can uh, find out how busy you are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, we've been doing So What Music Festival since 2008. Um, we took a little bit of a break. After our 10-year anniversary, uh, we kind of got into a position where we didn't get any of the headliners that we wanted. And I feel like in 2017, the scene was kind of like reshaping itself. Um, So if you didn't have one of like five headliners, it just probably wasn't going to be a successful event moving into 2018. So uh, we decided to take a break. And then COVID decided that we were going to take a longer break. (laughs) And... um, And now here we are. And um, when we did our last one in 2017, um, at least in Dallas, uh, the idea was kind of like the scene is evolving and um, we were going to hip hop shows and seeing like Suicide Boys and Puya and stuff like that. And like just the energy of the crowd was like that punk rock mentality that you saw at Warp Tour where like everybody's moshing, everybody's crowd surfing, like the whole culture was shifting to where like um the hip-hop scene was kind of like these these guys are becoming rock stars and like they're collaborating with people in the rock world and all that and so um we decided to put together a lineup that kind of reflected that um it's super confusing to people that are stuck in a little bubble of like i only listen to pop punk or i only listen to metal and they're like what is this but for like the majority of people they're like whoa that's so cool that i can see trippy red and i can see some 41 and like it's kind of just like you're basically your spotify wrapped coming to life um at least if you're me like i i grew up on hip-hop and in punk rock in california so like this is to me this is so normal like i'd go to skate and surf events and like you have your hip-hop artists you have your punk artists you have some like ska bands playing and like it was just like a cool mix um but yeah i mean uh me and my business partner orlando decided that we just wanted to to go this direction and kind of go bigger than we've ever gone and and really make a statement that like 
genre festivals and like niche festivals they work very well like i i'm a partner on furnace fest and that's a very niche time frame period but that moving forward with what's current and in the direction that music's going there's just there's boundaries being broken down every single day and genres are kind of just becoming like almost obsolete i mean we wouldn't put like a country band in the middle of this festival that probably wouldn't make too much sense or or like some some folk singer or something like that but but for like everything that's kind of crossing over in the mainstream and things like that like it, it makes sense i don't know what cameras do <laughs> yeah i honestly was like there's a lot of bands on it i want to see but the idea that i can see two chains is beyond any excitement <laughs> that I've ever had. Like, I just, I fucking love two chains and it's like, Oh shit. He's going to just be there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was the same for us. Like we, uh, I lived, I went back to California and lived there for a couple of years in LA and, um, we went to the observatory in orange County and got to go to a two chain show. And, uh, one of my friends was like the production manager. So we were just hanging out backstage and we didn't meet two chains, but we were hanging out with his dog, uh, trappy during his set like like he's just back there like hanging out waiting for two chains to get off stage and I'm like man how cool would it be like to book two chains one day and he just rolls up with his dog and like now he's headlining our festival <laughs> it's, yeah it's crazy trappy gets the vip experience do whatever he wants that's he's that's side stage that only person side stage or only animal side <laughs> stage i guess can't cramp his style but back to like this festival lineup because it kind of dropped around the same time as when we were young fest and all over social media everyone was like these are two fake festivals and i was like i don't know if you understand (laughs) what booking fest means but a lot of it did come down to like why is there rap and like pop punk crossing and it was a lot of those people who were honestly just have like head-ass energy honestly at the end of the day (laughs) Who can't accept or wrap their minds around it. And I'm like, have you not listened to any new music that has come out within the last like two years? Because it makes sense. It makes sense in like our our, our eyes personally to see it all blend together. I think coming it coming out more because we have Riot Fest up here in Chicago and like we have had like Wu-Tang on here and we've had Snoop Dogg and other artists like that. But usually everyone's still like this is a weird outlier. But, like, people are into it because it's just, like, a cultural phenomenon, basically. But to kind of see this and have actual artists that, like, you know, at least myself listen to, and I know a lot of people listen to, and it's there to cater to this, like, wider range audience is really cool. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting because if you stopped listening to music, like, new music in, like, 2015 or 2016, this is probably very confusing to you. But if you've kept <laughs> up and you see, like pictures of trippy red hanging out in the studio with polyphia and dance gavin dance and you know black bear working with travis barker but also working with like djs and pop punk and just like kind of all over the place and then obviously like literally anything that travis barker has done over the last few years it's like he's he's letting people who thought that they had to be pigeonholed to a certain genre express themselves in any way that they want to like the new uh, Jaden Josiah song is like so sick and you wouldn't listen to Jaden and listen to Josiah and assume that someone was ever going to bring them together to make like a really cool song. And and it happened. And um, just like from someone that runs a studio and is around creative people all the time, like there's so much like hesitation 
in a lot of hip hop artists for them to express their like love of pop punk in their music. Like there's a, there's an artist that's on our festival um, who he makes like hip hop music locally. And he's been talking to me and he's like, Hey, you know, I really want to do this like pop punk thing too. Like, do you think people would be into it? And I'm like, I think people are starting to really respect like being genuine in your music and just like, there's a difference between, Hey, I grew up on this and I really want to pay tribute to it and like kind of just following a trend. So mm -hmm. like, I think people are starting to understand like, and, and even with like, you know, pop punk artists and stuff like sleeping with sirens did a collab with machine gun Kelly years ago before <laughs> machine gun Kelly was like ever going to be in pop punk. And it was super cool the way that they did that. So, um, I think if you've been paying attention to the evolution of music, that this is a really cool festival. And if you haven't been, I urge you to go to new music Friday and go hit random <laughs> on Spotify and just like see what's happening because it's really cool seeing all these people come together. And I'm most excited to see what collaborations might happen both on stage and following the festival because of people that meet each other backstage and are like, Hey, I'm a fan of you. Oh, I'm a fan of you. And like, never thought that that was like a thing. <laughs> you reminded me when you were talking about like, something that they grew up on is like all of the the metal and hardcore bands who are like well it seems like this edm thing is gonna i think we're gonna just add a lot of edm <laughs> stuff into our music and it look i did it it was me uh, but <laughs> i'm talking about myself here but i'm also like it just isn't like it is a trend it's a cool trend it can be fun and interesting and uh i just think everybody just has this idea of like what every band should be or what genre should be and i the most happy I've ever been that people are finally dropping that shit. It's like, just, just be, enjoy a good song, enjoy talent, enjoy people from different backgrounds and places than you. And it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's been really cool for us. Like ever since we came out as like, Hey, we're going to move this festival in this direction. Like we've had people like adventure club and Kazo and like people in the EDM world that are like, Hey, you know, we would love to be a part of this. Like we would love to do some of these songs live that like people never get to see that they've had collaborations with like half our lineup. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what happens moving forward with the festival. Cause I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind incorporating that as well. Like it all, it all kind of just flows. Um, the one thing that we didn't want to do though, is we didn't want to do like kind of dipping our toes in it like we did in 2017 where there's like five hip-hop artists and they were big but like it wasn't enough and and i know like that's kind of how warp tour was like they had the um skull candy stage or whatever the headphone company was for that year and it was like you know here's here's a side stage that has this on it or whatever and like let's just everything needs to be equally as big or it's not gonna make the same effect you know um but yeah. And aside from that, you do a lot of other things too. So, I mean, we, we like mutually followed each other on Twitter, but I think it's like the first, like somewhat like further interaction <laughs> that we have had, but you, especially like during COVID, you were still like putting things together. I mean, you also have a studio that you do a lot of production with. You have third string productions and you also have like a management collective. So I think that that is, absolutely great 
Like that is the energy I love personally <laughs> of doing so many things at once. I'm, so how does this kind of like factor into everything, you know, you do and structure and kind of get everything done? I'm just kind of like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> when I, when I first got into music, it was like, okay, I'm interviewing bands and then from interviewing bands, artists asked me to manage them. And so I was a manager and then they're like, Hey, we need concerts in the suburbs where our friends can actually go to them. Cause we're all in high school. And I was like, okay, I'm a promoter now. And then a band was like, Hey, we really want to put out music, but we're too broke for studio time. And I was like, okay, I'm a label now. Like it just kind of all like, it just became these things. And like, obviously like the amount of money that you put into a festival like this versus like a record label and things like that, they're, they're very different. Like I would consider management and record label and even studio at this point is passion projects where I'm just trying to like help out artists and everything. But um, I do care about all of them equally. And it, it does kind of get, stressful sometimes where it's like okay we're two months out from the festival the festival needs all my attention but i want to make sure that these artists aren't feeling left out or i want to make sure that we're still booking studio sessions and like we have a marketing company as well so i want to make sure that my marketing team is getting the things that they need from me so um in a normal world where covid wasn't a thing it was kind of like getting to a point where um I had to kind of pick, you know, so my, my main thing was doing concerts and music festivals. But the one thing that I learned from COVID is that anything can be taken away from you at any moment and you have to be able to adapt. And so I went from like depression naps and like long walks of like, all right, am I going to go get a normal job? Am I going to like go work somewhere else? Are there other jobs to just like, I literally did what we're doing right now. Like I got on the phone with people every single day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to offer free consulting and really it's just having conversations. Like what can we talk about, about what we think is going to happen over the next year with this COVID thing, or how can we make artists successful on Spotify and digitally and live streams and things like that. And I just started talking to people and I realized that I needed to be around people in a physical form. And that's where the studio idea came from. And, um, it's still, now we have two studios and I have a studio manager for each one and I don't have to be like fully responsible for it. But at any point I can just be like, I'm not feeling creative today. So I'm going to walk in and just like kind of watch the studio session and like get inspired all over again. Um, but it is, it does make me a crazy person to try to do all these things at once. And I definitely couldn't do any of it without having a really good team for every aspect of it. Like I have somebody who's in charge of the marketing company, I have a full team for concerts and festivals. I have two people that are in charge of running studios. Like it kind of all just like, if I don't have a team, then it's fully on me. And like, even with, with management, I have a partner who's in LA and he handles the majority of the work and like he's tied in with publishing companies and things like that. So, um, I guess it's, it's, it's crazy, but like organized chaos (laughs) (laughs) to try to balance all of this. Looking for some new music? The club has your back with our bangers-only picks of the week. Even while on tour, Dayseekers seems to have their own way to resurrect in their own way with their new single, Neon Grave. And the world turns black, can Mastergram and Pollyanna are here to tell us that you're not always going to make everybody happy with Not Everyone Is Gonna Love You. Yourself, 
UK alt punk band Nervous are back with their new single, Dropout. If you like what you hear, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Bangers Only, to keep up to date with the hottest tunes. Don't goof. If you're in Chicago on Saturday, April 30th, you gotta head over to Subterranean. Why? Not only are our friends in Action Adventure, Wolf Road, Rare Candy, and more playing a show, but we're stoked to announce that we're the official after party. So don't go home and stay with us after hours with Bangers Only. You can buy tickets on the venue site, and we hope to see you there supporting all of the homies. Both events are 17 plus and require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. It's inspiring from a place of like music being a a general industry where you're like, if I'm not super passionate about this, this is going to suck. This is just going to be a (laughs) a complete drain of my energy and time. And there's not there's not a ton of money in music industry, but, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are. It seems like passionate about the product, passionate about like what they're doing for everybody else. And in that case, I'm like, well, I've had this talk with a lot of people lately where it's just like, yeah, I know you do a ton of stuff. You got to have a team. And it's so hard to like find the people around you that are going to be in that team with you. Uh, So I don't know. The passion definitely helps. I think (laughs) it doesn't sound like you're uh, you're a crazy person. It sounds like you're just like, no, I love this thing and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I uh, so I started doing this when I was 18, and uh, my first mentor told me that I would hate music within five years, and so I sort of, like, have thought about that my entire life, and I'm like, if I'm not a fan of music anymore, then I'm going to stop doing this, and, like, I've been doing it, I'm 36 now, so, like, half of my life, I've been a concert promoter, and I still love discovering music, I still love, like, finding a new favorite band to, like, champion and things like that, and... I've kind of always lived with that because it would be so much easier to just be like, all right, it was fun. I did, you know, I spent half my life being an independent concert promoter. I'm going to go to a big ad agency or a record label or something and like actually get paid a ton of money to work in music. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it also goes back to like having my hands on a bunch of different things. Like I've had those conversations with the live nations and the AEGs and like bigger companies. And it always comes down to like, what's the one thing that you want to focus on if you work with us? And I'm like, I don't like, I can't, like, I can't work for someone where I come into your office and my job is done at some point. Like, I don't know what that's like. I'm sure that that's something that most people enjoy where they're like, all right, I'm actually done early for the day. But like, I just, I feel like the music industry is so constantly evolving and things are changing that like you can't just check out of it like you have to you have to go to that show or that event or you know watch that live stream or wait till 11 o'clock at night central time to hear the new music that's coming out and like decide what to add to your you know festival playlist and things like that like i just i don't know i wouldn't know how to concentrate on one thing and like just take a regular job but I don't know. Ask me in 10 years if I, if I still am passionate and doing it and I might be somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's like, I'm, I personally identify with that because I have like four jobs because I like to do all those different things all at the same time. And I, I, that's just how I function. And I think it's fun and it's chaotic, but it's fun. But um, I think going back to your like um, mention of, you know, all these people are in the, in the music industry, 
And at a certain point, they want to dip out because they don't find it fun anymore or they like run their course because of that kind of chaotic lifestyle. But um, Ryan Seaman commented about you, first of all, like halfway leaking some more unannounced artists <laughs> on So What. And he was like, you know, you're the only person I know in the music industry who actually like enjoys their job. And I like I think about that so much because, I mean, I, I teach students who are in music business and in radio and they're like, I really want to be in it. And it's like you have to be like really like you got to really fucking love it, guys, to do it. Yeah. And I think that that's like a, such a huge accolade for you to have. I was reading, um, I forget, I don't remember what the article was, but it was like some of the older people in the music industry that have just been like doing it for years, like wealthy and successful and could have retired 20 years ago. And they just talk about how like they have friends that stop working in the industry and like your happiness dies and like your life just starts kind of going downhill when you leave it because there's, there's still like, even as a wealthy, successful, like top of the food chain music industry person, if you do love what you're doing, there's nothing that fills that hole inside of you when you decide to walk away from it. And I thought that was really interesting because sometimes you feel like you see people at the top that are like on these fancy yachts and hanging out and it's like, oh, they're just doing all that for like the press photo. But really, they're sitting around with the same type of minds that still love music, still love creating and thinking of these cool things that they can do to keep innovating in the music industry. And I think, I think I sometimes like stand up for them a little too much when they get called out as like greedy and things like that. And <laughs> people are like, Oh, you're just sympathetic to billionaires. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I think they're like, some of these people are geniuses and like to like, I feel like Steve jobs walked away way too early like he could have gotten you know the medical attention and all of that but he was just done and he wanted to just like go out on his own terms but that's an example of someone who's like brilliant mind could have done a million more things and i think there's a lot of people like that in the music industry that like they they might be on the cusp of being done and then like COVID happens and like wow this whole new metaverse and live streaming and all this, like I have ideas for this. I can't, I can't quit now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's always something new. And like in my lifetime, it's gone from vinyl to tape to CD to downloading illegally to monetizing streams to now like throwing concerts in this world that doesn't exist except for on your you know, computer or in your VR or whatever. And it's like, there continues to be ways for people who have been through all of this to say like, back then this is what we did and we can apply that to this and it would be really cool and like i just i love to see that and i hope that you know maybe at double my age i'm still coming up with ideas that people you know support and think are are crazy but cool <laughs> so when's the first vr festival mike <laughs> <laughs> you know there's like they all exist and and it's crazy because somebody emailed me the other day and they're like we own the virtual reality land that's a over Choctaw Stadium, if you want to talk about how we can bring this into the metaverse, now I just like my brain just exploded. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm gonna let my like tech savvy media team handle this and figure out what this even means. But I think the first taste of that was like when Marshmallow threw that Minecraft concert yeah. or whatever, and like everybody was like, oh, this is a thing. And like, then you start going back to like, when you played Sims or like any kind of game where your whole goal, like even like Sim City from its initial thing of like, oh, I want to have the biggest city or like whatever, like there was this whole concept of 
creating something that you live inside online. It just wasn't like what it is now. And you weren't paying like millions of dollars for like a plot of virtual land. Um, it's all, it's all confusing to me because I feel like half of it is like cool innovation. And the other half is just like kind of a, a weird flex of like, I can spend this much money on a, a digital thing that you can just screenshot and make your background anyway. But mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the boomer in me talking, I guess. <laughs> I, Look, I'm 35. Listen, I, I, agree, I, <laughs> I, I'm a big early adopter person, especially with tech. But at a certain point, it's going to be like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> The thing that made me understand NFTs and why they were cool was like the first time this season that I went to a Dallas Mavericks basketball game, I got an email that said, your NFT is here. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like a really like 8-bit version of my favorite basketball players. So it's like a digital sports card. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I'm probably never going to do anything with it. And then I like started looking and people are buying these for like thousands of dollars. I'm like, Oh, well maybe the Mavs will go to the playoffs and this will become even more valuable. Like I'm just going to hold on to it. But it's like, it's so, I don't know. It's all strange, but it's cool at the same time. Like all oh, those, those baseball card images that we're putting up, everyone's like, those have to be NFTs. Your characters have to be NFTs. You're missing out on so much money. I'm like, but if I go teach myself with two months before the festival, everything I need to learn about NFTs, then the festival's not going to do well because yeah. I'm going to be distracted yeah. learning all this. I'm like, you want to come on and help me with this? Go for it. <laughs> Make every single performer, they have their own so what NFT. And then everyone's going to be like, what do I do with this? And we're going to be like, I don't know, have a good time. <laughs> I know people were like, can your VIP include an NFT? And I was like, sure. So we're including NFTs. I don't know what people are going to do with them, but like, it's cool. <laughs> Like him. I feel like the ghost behind you would be like a cool NFT. Like I would, I would buy that. That's cooler than than it's all the. It's a Cassie. It's <laughs> Cassie Potish. <laughs> I like so, it. I really like this little ghost boy. I was waiting for it to come back in stock because mm. I love him. It just it's just with the coffee and everything. It just reminds me of the Wonder Years. So mm. and just... it's just Inception. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I. There is so much that could be done with with NFTs. I think that there's a lot of potential, but like it, people are just so annoying about it on the internet, and I'm just like, I can't watch anymore about this NFT stuff because I don't like anybody who bitches about it, and I don't like anybody who's really passionate about it. To me, it kind of it like reminds me of like say say that the original Nintendo just came out. And everyone is an expert about video games and they think they know everything about it, but they have no idea how much video games are going to evolve over the next 20, 30 years. They just think that they know everything right now that there is to know about it. And that's what I don't like because it is a very new space. And I feel like it's just the conversations are full of buzzwords and things that are condescending if you don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, yeah, can you try to explain this to me? And instead of being like, oh, it's like a digital collectible and like just putting it in simple terms, it's like, well, there's all of these transactions that happen and this, and then I'm like, I, I don't know anything about security <laughs> layers and all that. And like, I actually think that I lost like $300 trying to transfer cryptocurrency to like get it onto the right thing to like support my friend's project and i was like i'm sorry i'm not buying this because i think i just lost all my money but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's so confusing like and then there's like gas fees and stuff i'm like i can download pictures for free what do you mean there's a gas fee like i just feel it's all so like over my head and um if you're listening and you know everything about nfts please email me and uh there's a job for you because it's hurting my brain to try to figure this out so <laughs> and please don't email us i don't want to know <laughs> 
I'll live in ignorance. We had a uh, we had Matt Squire on, and he has emo coin, and he was like trying to explain to us like that, and I'm like, my brain cannot right now, my guy. Like, I still think the mining thing just doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, so you make it just by leaving computers on, and then you just like have money, but what are you making? Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know. So my one of my old business partners and like really good friends, um, he he was telling me years ago about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and like he was using it on the dark web. Um not for anything insane, but just <laughs> I, think, I think he was like <laughs> dark web. I think he was buying weed or something. Uh but um uh, yeah, like so he he was like, Hey, this is gonna be the future because it's like undetectable currency and blah 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 and I was like, Yeah, whatever, dude. Um <laughs> and I think he sold like all of his Bitcoin the first time around when it hit like a dollar. Um <laughs> and then he kept telling me, like, hey, this is actually like you should invest in this, you should invest in this. And like when Bitcoin was five hundred bucks, he told me to do it and I was like, I don't know, five hundred bucks for this like digital thing, I don't get it. And now I'm like you idiot <laughs> just listen to your tech <laughs> friends that are that are smart like he does all the mining and stuff and he's like yeah my my electricity bill is pretty expensive because i have like all these computers running 24 7 and i'm like well i mean if it's offsetting it then cool but i don't again i yeah. don't understand it like it's chaos it's it's all just chaos and th this is like the the time in my life where i'm like yeah I'm, I'm finally getting to that age where i think that the new thing is dumb and i don't get it and so it's <laughs> it's bad <laughs> but we're just missing out if we don't understand it. yeah I mean, it's all these that's why i keep telling my friends that like are really hardcore on pitching me these things i'm like if you want to come work for my company and be in charge of this department and it ends up making us money cool let's do it but please don't try to educate me to be the one in charge of it because <laughs> i throw concerts i was out last night until 1 a.m still passing out flyers at people leaving venues like i am handing physical flyers out and you're trying to tell me i need to be in this digital world doing <laughs> nfts like you handle that yeah <laughs> i hire out people for that mm. it's only going up from here brother oh not fun as it goes down <laughs> pulling out the water oh no we're back with another Spicy Takes. This time, it's a battle to the death with our friends OK Cool, a local indie emo Chicago band that we've had on the pod before, so we're stoked to have them back here doing some hot sauce challenges with us. As always, we're sponsored by our friend Soothsayer Hot Sauce. And you can get some of their hot sauces, like the ones we featured here, like Decay, over on their site at SoothsayerHotSauce.com. To watch the full video, head on over to our YouTube. And while you're there, make sure to leave a comment. Let us know whose spicy takes you want to hear next. Rate us and subscribe. So to get back on things that uh, we all very clearly know about, <laughs> you also... Um, help put together the Emo Night LA down in Dallas. So we do that up here in Chicago too. Oh, cool. And um, I want to ask a, a very important question to me and me only. Mm -hmm. uh, do people go up for when you play Kenny Hoopla down there? Because they do not up here and it's very offensive. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends. Like our crowd varies. It's strange. Um, so we do, we do Dallas. We do San Antonio. We do Houston. We do all of Texas. And then we partner with Austin who does all the Midwest. Um, so we have all these different markets and Texas is very much like metalcore. Um, did you go to the Vegas one? No. No, we had friends who okay, did. So we are going to one we were young fast, so we, we have that. <laughs> so in our we pocket. did the Vegas emo night and Orlando and Jay opened up with Jay performing Ruckus by his band and everybody went insane. Like um 
aside from like Morgan and TJ and stuff, like I feel like they kind of stole the show more than like even the bands that played because everybody was just kind of like watching the stage for the next artist to play during most of DJ sets. It was kind of like almost house music, but they got everybody to turn around. There's this crazy pit and then they did like system of a down and more stuff. So like, we're really like a heavier market, like the, the metal core, like Pantera is from here. That's kind of like a big mm. part of it. Um, but like that goes over really well here. But when we do play, some of the new stuff like people start understanding it i think that um as we like play it over and over again it becomes a thing um not just with uh kenny hoopla but like a lot of the artists that are like that they're like kind of the up and coming like the next generation um it goes over really well but we also we have three different rooms that we use for emo night so we have like live bands playing in one we have our main stage and special guests in another and then we have like the deep cuts room, which is where I can play like armor for sleep and things that like most people probably don't know. Like I'll play Juliana theory in there. I'll play things that were cool when I was going to shows. So uh, that's what gets my friends out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun. Every market's different too. Like um, sometimes Houston is like the craziest market. And then sometimes like it's very, very strange and like no one's moving and we're like, why did you just, pay to come stand in a room like I don't know. yeah <laughs> the emo night brand overall is like this crazy thing to me though like i moved to la right before they had their one year anniversary and became friends with tj and morgan and babs and um started going to all of those and then like we obviously asked if we could like partner with them to do texas and um we like made it our priority event and we're like oh i don't know how long this like emo night thing is gonna go like are people gonna continue to care in a year or two we'll see and like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and it's really cool like to me because i, I don't know if it's like a a statement that people are tired of checking out new music um or just people are wanting to experience those songs that never got to go see my chemical romance or it's just people tired of going to venues that are playing hip-hop and pop music the same songs over and over again like i, I can't figure out the 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 formula that makes emo night so great but it's like literally my favorite thing and i like count down the days for it like we have ours next week with jt from hawthorne heights and the ready set and i'm just so excited <laughs> to like hang out with hang out with those dudes because i haven't seen either of them in like a million years yeah we just had jt at ours on friday and i was like i love hawthorne heights with my whole ass heart so i was like oh my god hello was um, it the first time you met like him uh, I met him because I've gone, I've always gone to Hawthorne Heights concert. So my first concert to see Hawthorne Heights was at the Zoomies couch tour <laughs> in 2010. And I met him there and then I met him at, um, the, if only you were lonely anniversary tour, but I didn't like talk to him, but like this time I could be like, Oh, like we're working this event. Like, yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> By the time he started doing emo nights, it was just strange to me because that was my first meeting of him. And he's just like this calm, collected, chill guy he's like very intelligent to talk to he's so kind and i was just like as someone that used to listen to your music and like scream it at the top of my lungs like in that like definition of emo phase and then to just meet you and you're just like normal cool chill <laughs> dude i'm like this is so <laughs> weird like <laughs> but he's so he's one of my favorite people that we have out him and uh him aaron gillespie hello goodbye and um yeah, those are probably my favorites that we have, and we invite them out a lot. <laughs> yeah, we 
excuse me, we really want like the Chicago one to be a lot like that too, and just have our our rotation of people and having very nice people behind the scenes. And uh, we are we're helping to advance it there. We hope that we can make it that. But uh, yeah, what venue do you guys use up there? Sub yeah, subterranean. Oh, how big is that? It's not big. <laughs> it, no, uh, it's, there's an up there's an upstairs that is like the upstairs sub T where the like we have the main emo yeah. night. So then you can just like walk upstairs and watch and like look down, but there's no secondary stage. There's a secondary stage downstairs, but it's kind of separated, and the downstairs is smaller than the um upstairs. So there's that. And it isn't um unfortunately as accessible because it's all just stairs. Yeah. So we also kind of have that. Yeah. It's Look, it's a great venue. The people for like, there are so nice, though. Yeah. So we we work we work with it, and we do what we need to do. But you know, we we understand. We work with when what we have. For everybody uh, from Sub T that's watching us right now, we love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come up there for one of those. I love Chicago. Chicago is a great city. Yeah, let's go. It's super fine. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's super fine. Look, we know it's cold, and it's been raining, and it's been just kind of cloudy. So it's like. Yeah. It's a gorgeous day today. It's like a cool 40 degrees. I can put on a, a hoodie and go for a yeah. walk. Yeah, it's uh, it's 86 degrees here, and I'm going to WrestleMania in a couple hours. Yeah, so. we better move on to something else then, because I don't want to hear about <laughs> warmth and sunshine. See, I love cold, though, so I'm weird. Everyone's like, you would hate New York. It's always cold. And I'm like, I want to move to New York more than any other city in the world. Like, I want to experience it. And they're like, but it gets cold and it's so many people. I was like, I love people. Love being surrounded by people. Like, you're naming all the reasons I would go. Yeah. <laughs> feel like I see I'm no going. issues here. Chicago, though, Chicago is a different type of cold. Like, that should just be illegal. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that, that's the real Chicago violence is just how cold it gets. Yeah. That, that's the only <laughs> Chicago violence, actually. Isn't that crazy? The only one. <laughs> So uh, with that, since we're kind of you got your hard, you know, 330 out, um, who are if you're able to leak anymore, who are some of these other artists that have been floating around the Internet on these flyers that have not been publicly announced yet? If you can say it, um, Chase Atlantic, they are playing uh, kind of like co-headline with Black Bear. Um, we came as Romans plotting you. Palais Royale, Swaco. Um, I guess we actually announced Swaco. Um, Lolo. Uh, my boy Riley. He's not a big artist, but he's amazing. Um, he actually tours with Black Bear's team and everything, and he's really awesome. Um, uh, one of the ones I'm excited about that I don't know if people know who he is, but Eric, the architect, he is one of the members of Flatbush Zombies, and he is going to be doing a solo performance, and he's, like, incredible. <laughs> Very good artist. Uh, that'd be on the hip-hop side. But um, other than that, uh, we have one big one that's going to be announced this week. I just can't say it anywhere right now. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, don't need any more emails. It's funny because uh, I feel like that yeah. tweet probably deterred me from getting the emails. Like someone was mad and then they saw the second tweet and they're like, never mind, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Permission. It's just like, oh, I can it's send like, them I'm going one. to get tweeted about. Yeah. <laughs> and we also had an online question from Faith, also a friend of the pod. They work with you. Uh, we love them. About how do you stay motivated when you are feeling unmotivated? I watch Faith's TikToks. 
Love it. <laughs> I'll um, do it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my team sees me like leave and like go lay down on the beanbag and just kind of like chill for a bit. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do is look back at like our old flyers and old festival stuff. And like, if I'm having a day where I'm like, man, I really thought that this show would be doing better. This festival would be doing better. I like go back and kind of like look and I'm like, wow, remember when 99% of our ticket sales were walk up and everyone waited till last minute or like that was really our headliner on that festival. And now they would be like an opener. Like it's just really cool to see, like how far we've come as a company and then obviously like just being in our office and looking around and like the fact that I went from like having a desk at my house to sharing an office slash living place to having like a whole dedicated spot that has like a studio in it and creative stuff and like having a whole team that like relies on me and everything like I don't know you just you just find like different ways to get motivated sometimes it's as simple as walking outside and it's like I've been staring at a screen for so long. Let me get some sunshine and like realize that life's not that bad. Like, um, but it, it, it's, it can be defeating sometimes because being a promoter is like a very thankless job. Like the agents just want more money from you. The artists want to know why their show isn't doing as well. Like the venues are like, Oh, we need to up this expense. And like, you're just sitting over there like, well, I hope we can get like a small piece of the pie for like doing all this work. And, um, obviously it, it, it's a, a good career and I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't. But sometimes like that does overwhelm you where you just kind of feel like, like when going from a promoter became a talent buyer, like it just kind of like mm. minimized your title to like, Oh, you're just the guy that does that. It's like, no, we actually like rent out the venue, put all of our money on the line, like handle all the marketing, like every aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's several ways. Sometimes it's just like literally closing the computer getting off the phone and like watching a tv show <laughs> <laughs> just stepping away from it yeah touching grass <laughs> i do like this is my favorite time of the year because i'll go actually like i like speed walk like the mall the mall ladies because i don't i don't i'm not really good at running i did soccer for so long i got like bad knees i'll kind of like jog walk and there's a park not too far from me where I can like do two laps and it's like five miles. So I did that yesterday and it just like the serotonin that you get and everything. You're just like, let's go. (laughs) Everything is great. (laughs) Oh, once the weather gets better here, I'm looking forward to the serotonin too. How many months of like good weather do you get? Like like what? It's like off and on uh it's yeah it's like it's there's increments it just flips back and forth yeah i lived in uh sweden for a few months i love huh. telling people about that <laughs> uh i lived in sweden it's and like it's obviously they have it, it's not as cold all year but it is like rainy pretty much all the time uh especially the town i lived in i guess they have the the highest amount of rainfall in just that city and i'm like cool good thing i live here uh for for just all this rain but the people would always there's a lot of like restaurants in that that all have patios people sit on the patio all year round they have heaters they have blankets they're just like hey if we can be here we're going to be here we just want to make it like the best that we can of what we get and this is all we get so they are very like yeah we're gonna go sit in uh you're gonna go sit on a patio wearing a blanket. It's like, but why? You can go home. <laughs> you can just be at home where it's warm. <laughs> I don't know, but it was uh, 
it's quite a sight to see. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in where it's warm and not <laughs> raining. Like, damn. But yeah, I think we do it here. Like we just find our opportunities. We make the most of it. We just, you know, if it's like, oh, hey, we got a couple hours. We're going to go and do a little, you know, sit on a patio. And it's like, well, it's going to rain again. Let's never go outside again. Let's pack it on up. <laughs> yeah, I went up there for Lollapalooza in 2019. And um my fiance has friends that were like working the festival and live up there. And like after the festival, we somehow ended up on someone's boat and we were like out, out in yeah. the lake and like, just kind of like looking at the city from a distance is like so beautiful and like, not what I expected to do. Like, you know, normally you go to a festival and then you go to the after shows and then you're tired and then you wake up and do it all over again. So taking that break and like being on there, I was like, man, Chicago is beautiful. Like, this is cool. But you know, this is frozen half the year. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it makes it worth it. Now, Brian, when we go to Lollapalooza inevitably this year, um, how do we end up on a boat? Because that's <laughs> never happened. <laughs> I make friends with everybody until someone tells you that they have a boat. Yeah. And then if somebody <laughs> is like, oh, I definitely don't have a boat. You just like, OK, we got to like go make some more friends. I'm walking away. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I, it's we'll, like that we'll TikTok sound. Like you see a toxic person. We're walking the other way. No boat other way no get out of here where's the one with the boat the thing is like you telling a story about like oh i randomly ended up on a boat i was like yep that's how it works you just randomly end up on a boat it's like sometimes just like oh how do i get on a boat look we have a badger said boats are boring look we have a lake that we treat like an ocean <laughs> We don't live in Florida. Yeah, we don't live on the coast. <laughs> we got a fucking lake. I'm bringing my Dramamine and we're ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we got like five minutes left. Uh, I want to make sure that we are utilizing your time, but I want to also uh, get some plugs in here. Where can people find uh, any information on the internet? If they want to get tickets to the show, where can they do that? Uh, where can everybody find out more about you and, and so what and everything else? I'd say just go to so what music festival.com. And then if you can do even the smallest amount of internet detective work, you can go to so what and then see how many times I retweet myself and find <laughs> me there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you can also prove to yourself it's not a fake fest. <laughs> yeah. This is You're so concerned. A real festival. I don't know. Like, I, I've watched some goofy TikToks about why the festival is not real. And I'm like, all right, well, when it happens, you're going to be bummed. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> They were yeah, there. Yeah, so weird. I mean, like I, I get it with the the when we were young festival because the graphic like just doesn't look real. Um, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, now someone's someone's trolling. And then you click the link, you see who's <laughs> behind it. You're like, yeah, this is Live Nation and like the partners that put on all these other festivals in LA and, and uh, Vegas. So it's definitely real. Like they do a great job. They book tons of amazing festivals and. This one is the craziest thing that they've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, we actually, like, when that sold out, we saw, like, such a spike in ticket sales that same weekend because people were concerned that we were going to sell out, mm. um, which is cool because everybody everybody seems to think that, like, music festivals are a competition, and if one festival is doing well, then you should be mad about it. But to me, it's, like, the entire ecosystem. It's, like, if there's 10 venues in a city and they're all sold out, that's the best possible situation whether someone's going to their 100th concert or their first concert like they're reminding themselves that they love going to live music and your concert could be next and it's kind of the same situation with festivals like if this festival comes out and puts emo music and pop punk music and all that in such a 
big spotlight that's good for everybody whether you're an artist whether you're a festival promoter whether you're a concert promoter like you see that this is back on top and it's sold out three days i believe three four days whatever it is mm. and and uh then you see oh well a bunch of these bands are playing another festival or this tour is happening or whatever like you're going to get your tickets you're going to go support because you're realizing like oh wow like i might not be able to like decide at the last minute for this um but it's really cool it's it's awesome to see like how much our music scene that has a roller coaster of going up and down is pretty much like peak early 2000s right now with like popularity um i refuse to give machine gun kelly all the credit he gets some of it but i don't think he should be on the cover of every magazine as like the savior of rock and roll like if anything it should be travis parker um yeah <laughs> oh, the yeah. guy behind the scenes who doesn't get <laughs> yeah, all the like, credit and like shout out you know kay thrash from escape the fate for all the work that he's been putting on to records like that and working with travis parker and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't realize and like again that's one of those kind of like thankless things of the music industry is that there's 10 people in a room and one of them's going to shine um but there are there's just so many artists making great music and like you have like you said kenny hoopla like perfect example of someone that is highly underrated and should be way up there right now like i would have loved to see him get taken on another machine gun kelly tour or something like that other than the lineup that's out but that is a uh that is a mainstream pop punk kids dream that tour um but yeah i mean what a time (laughs) what a time uh well yeah go to uh go to the website get tickets uh i'll i'll make a, a a you know like Hey, it might sell out, you know, it could, <laughs> that's a potential thing. And you don't want to be left, uh, on the street. having a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> you could, you know, have a great time. You just got to get a ticket and you know, yeah. it could, it could <laughs> that's not the thing be about our festival <laughs> is, uh, a lot of the sales are last minute, but we definitely have sold out before. Um, it's been like the week of, but man, we had a indoor venue one year and we had over a thousand people trying to get in and I was like, Nothing we can do. <laughs> Ooh, don't be those a thousand people, guys. Yeah. <laughs> don't be like thousands of others. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, go check it out. Uh, we are excited for it. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for uh, for finally yeah. coming on. And yeah. I'm glad the internet kept you here for the majority. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we got through all that. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Again, if you liked it, you gotta say I like this pod. On, on Apple, the internet. Spotify, the internet in general. Go to Google and type, I like this pod. Make a It'll TikTok. Right say, to... these are my favorite podcasts and include us into it. We should make a song, a, a sound for TikTok. It's just like, I like this pod. I <laughs> like then, this pod. This is me. I just imagine that every, uh, I, I don't go on TikTok enough, but I just you imagine know. that everybody on TikTok is just on the green screen pointing up at something. Just like, or like, it's not even like pointing up. Uh, this is, wonderful outro uh visual for an audio medium but it's like they're just like kind of have the phone like below them and they're just like pointing up like but it's like not really up you know but like on the phone it's just like dude get your chin out of the video is all i'm saying just get your chin out of there just show everything that everybody can see with your mask on nothing else no nose no nose even there'll be a new episode next monday uh with just Lizzie's voice, but yeah. I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye. For Brian forever, maybe. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
I hope we don't get lost at sea, bestie. I'm not worried <laughs> about it. Because there's no loss. What? Like, I either am lost at sea and I'm having a great time, or I'm not lost at sea and I'm having a great time. But what if you're having a terrible time being lost at sea? 